0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and this is episode 25. Today, I have for you a fun time salad. I'm running really behind. I just got back from DC from the ASA Unity 16 conference. I had an overwhelmingly amazing time. It always kind of takes a while to readjust to going back to normal life, and, and you're just so pumped with energy of activism and and I love it so much. Uh, so I'm running a little behind today. I've also had some exciting voiceover opportunities that I needed to build on. And of course, I want to take some time to do my yoga and center myself. Um, and then I need time for you guys. So here I am. I have a lot of other ideas that I wanted to do. But there are also a lot of smaller things that I haven't really fit into any particular podcast. And so I think I'm just going to throw them into a big bowl and smoke them up right here. First, we're going to start out with some stoner moments. So last time I posted uh, the how to sneak a toke, which I thought I would have banked a little bit longer, but that's cool. I was able to use it when I needed it. And uh, I, I picked up some tricks over my unity conference. Something I didn't even think about is smoke detectors. And When uh, I was at Unity, some people needed to medicate and didn't have the option of the cartridges or the vape pens or a lot of the things that I know make it a lot easier for me to be able to sneak a toke in California. And uh, they were able to bring some flour with them, but in order to smoke it in the room, you're taking a really big risk. Uh, of course you want to keep everything really well ventilated. Uh, if there's a group, which there was, you're not necessarily going to be running the shower. You have air fresheners, but they can only do so much. And if that's that pesky smoke detector might be an issue for you, my friends, TJ, Michael and Seth, three of the greatest guys ever, uh, showed me a new trick of putting a shower cap over the smoke detector and the carbon monoxide detector if there's one of those as uh, as well. You know potheads are the most resourceful and creative people in the world and I know there's no way that I could cover everything uh, (laughs) by any means but just giving you guys some tips and some ideas so that you can come up with your own creativity and and problem-solving attempts uh, I hope you find useful. Uh, I know that I found some things useful. I did fly. Uh, I'm in California and the Unity 16 is in Washington D.C. And I've definitely talked about flying with cannabis before. And this time I flew with more weed than I've ever flown with before, which still isn't a lot for some people, but I took about 20 grams of shake in my sea vault. Uh, I had probably about a gram of concentrate, a few topicals, some of the Soothing Suze body lotions. And then I had a whole mess of my own capsules and some capsules that I had made from the Soothing Suze and all with the intent that we are there to, 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 to share medicine. So, um, And as soon as I got there, I realized I did not bring enough. There's never enough. Uh, That's why it needs to be grown everywhere. There's always a use for it. There's always someone who needs it. But I did fly, and I had no problem uh, going out of LAX. And with the unfortunate bombing in Brussels, uh, I was flying back from D.C. on that day. And, of course, they had the dogs out, and, of course, I was getting overly anxious about it, and I just had to remind myself that they are not there for weed right now. They are there to find balms, and my weed does not smell like a bomb, so I don't need to worry about it. And I was able to fly back from D.C. with a little bit of wax. Oh, uh, well, I guess I actually had a couple grams of wax because I brought some wax for topical use too. Okay, so I flew back out of D.C. with a maybe a little over a gram of wax. And uh, and I, I decided to take some toques with my Atmos vape pen in the bathroom because I was kind of desperate traveling. And like I said, overly anxious and really just wanted to chill out. And I did something that I don't really do, but isn't something I haven't totally done, uh, which is I went to the bathroom and got into the stall and I took a toque. Now I took very, very light tokes. I only medicated what I needed to. So it did make it a lot easier. And I didn't have a spoof, so that hurt. But I did have a really big sweatshirt that I could blow into. And I don't care if I smell like weed. I just don't want it to be bothersome to other people. So I took the time to slowly blow the the little bits of vapor and and probably smoke that was also in there too because it's pretty thick I'm not gonna try and run it off like I wasn't smoking a little bit or the vape pen is so efficient that it's all vapor because that's bullshit and I know it I love the Atmos pen it's been incredibly useful and I rarely ever really use it but when I travel is one of those times and it's always been there for me it's probably three years old now and Still going like a champ. So well done, Atmos. Um, but yeah, uh, I just took a couple tokes in the bathroom and maybe one of the stalls smelled a little too much the first time that I did it. So the second time I did it, I made sure to do even less. And to be honest, it was perfect. It was just what I needed. and And that was nice. That was really nice. I am not too proud to to sneak a toke when I need to, honestly, to to be a little civilly disobedient in some places and try to be respectful of other people's needs at the same time. So that's my story. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. One of the other things I wanted to talk about was the cannabis cup. Oh, they weren't able to get permitted in Colorado, and so they're going to be moving to california where they should have been always all right let's be honest here california is where it's at they're even doing it in southern california which i'm happy about because that's a lot closer to me but truth be told the cannabis cup should probably be in the emerald triangle up north but i'm not gonna bitch about it for now uh you know they had some permitting issues in colorado So it forced their hand, and I'm super excited about that because everybody knows that the best weed is California weed. And I was talking about this with Mark on Facebook uh, because he's an outdoor grower, and there's a presenter at the Unity 16 conference, and I'm going to have a podcast on the Unity 16 conference. There's just so much to talk about, and I'm so pressed for time. And I need something that I don't really need to get organized. I just want a fun time, sell it for now. But I believe her name is Kristen Nevidal. And I will have a link on the blog page. That is the spliff.com slash podcast. uh, If you aren't familiar or would like to go looking for it. And she really just opened my mind and my heart to the outdoor grow. And... One of the reasons why I know it works is because everybody knows California has the best weed. And what makes California weed? California sunshine. California weather. There's no place else quite like this. And truth be told, anybody can grow weed indoors, anywhere, right? When you completely control your environment, or so you like to think, uh, you know, then, then anybody can do that anywhere. Um, but getting a really great, unique strain that, that just has those character, those almost undefinable characteristics that, that lets you know what you just toked off of is, is canister, right? It's canister grade weed. That's outdoor shit. That's the sunshine. You cannot replicate sunshine. And that's why California weed will always be the best weed. Another thing that I wanted to talk about uh, that I've been explaining a lot here and there, so I thought I'd just throw it out here, and I might have mentioned it in some other podcast. Um, But a lot more people are familiar with DAB or wax or shatter or honeycomb or a lot of the cannabis extractions that are made purely for high-temperature vaporizing. And there's been a new phenomenon in that particular niche market, which is called live resin. Now, live resin is incredible for one, but it can be a little confusing for people. Uh, one, it's incredibly expensive and trying to understand the difference Of why one is so expensive and the other maybe not so much. Or is this like different solvents that we're using? Uh, Things like that. Uh, There's a lot of questions. So I'm going to try and lay it down as easily as possible for how stoned and a little frazzled and jet lagged that I am. No big deal. Okay, so what I'm dealing with right now is purely... Butane type extractions, BHOs, hexanes, pentanes, those are things that you would use to make live resin and a lot of the shatters that are going to be out there. The activated extractions, like the clear concentrate type deals that are made with CO2 extractions, a lot of the things that are in the cartridge pens, uh, those are totally different. So you're not going to get those in live resin. At least not yet. Uh, what we're dealing with here, uh, it would be the difference between fresh flowers and cured flowers when we're talking about live resin and wax or shatter, however you want to think about that. So with the live resin, you are going from harvest to frozen very very quickly and what that does is it retains the terpenes much more efficiently now traditionally you would harvest the plant you would hang it to dry and then you would cure it uh, and it would eventually kind of lose some of that aroma and then regain some of that aroma and kind of stabilize a little bit Uh, and when you take that cured flower and then blast it with your BHO, that is extract the cannabinoids through the plant material into a concentrated wax or shatter-like substance, you aren't getting the kind of terpenes that you have on the fresh flower. There is a significant reduction in those terpenes. They're volatile. They change. um, They uh, maybe float off into space and have adventures of their own. Now when you freeze the the fresh flower at harvest you actually kind of stabilize some of those terpenes for a little while and that allows you to extract a much higher percentage of them when you take that fresh or when you take that frozen fresh flower I should say and then blast that and so you actually get a wax or shatter or crumble or my favorites are sugar-like substances that have incredible aromas and act like a shatter when you dab it or put it into a pen. Um, But because they have these higher terpene counts, you get a much more unique experience to the strain itself. It is a much more direct strain experience and that isn't always necessarily what we are accustomed to in the cured flower so you can really get a strain that you're very familiar with and have completely new experiences with it because they have this higher terpene count and it could absolutely affect the cannabinoid potency but i think that Terpenes, the smell of it, the taste of it is really much more important and then actually affects your overall experience much more than than just having super high cannabinoid content, you know, respectively for as a generalization, let's say. So one experience that I've had is this deadhead OG that I got out of a local dispensary. The shatter that was made from cured product is very Indica-like, is very heavy, uh, or at least that's what the guy that was explaining to me mentioned. And then I ended up going for the live resin extraction instead, and... I didn't actually ask him about it, but when I had talked about Deadhead OG as a shatter, he'd, he told me that it was a good nighttime option for sleep. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, maybe the Deadhead OG would be like that too. But I didn't actually ask him. I want to clarify that. So I got that and some Cotton Candy Kush dab because I knew that was a good bedtime one, but maybe not as potent as I really wanted it to be. So the first night that I have them, uh, I'm mixing the Deadhead OG and the Cotton Candy Kush, And I'm definitely getting tired, but I'm just really cerebral too. And I try to go to bed, and my mind is just racing. And I cannot, for the life of me, go to sleep for a couple of hours. And this Deadhead OG is a very... Cerebral hybrid experience, and and that can be very true of some of the Deadhead OG and flowers as well. It really depends on the grow, and things like that. But if this was made from the same people, I'm assuming it's made from part of the same grow, just in different methods, and to have that wide of a gap in experience. From the same strain just shows how terpenes and especially those those teeny tiny terpenoid groups those things that we may not even be aware of yet we're probably certainly not testing for uh, those can really impact the way that you come out feeling on the other side. I have another live resin extraction that is a skunk, a number one skunk, or skunk number one, I believe, extraction, and that's really incredible as well. That one really does knock me back and make me really tired. And skunks, when they're in a flower, usually have more of a a body numbing for sure, but they don't deaden me cerebrally. And this live resin really kind of deadens me out and helps me sleep really, really well. Uh, It was a fantastic help in my vape pen, at least when I was trying to sleep through Unity 16, which was incredible. So much incredible information. So many amazing people. So many stories. I love it. Uh, And you know what? I I don't even know what I want to say right now. ASA Unity 16, if you get a chance to go to an ASA Unity conference, if you're not familiar with ASA, I should probably start there. They are Americans for Safe Access. They are one of the most successful lobbying groups for medical cannabis, if not the most successful lobbying group for medical cannabis and therefore cannabis legalization all across the board ever. The people who run it are the most heartwarming, charming, full and whole people to look up to ever. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. That is sustained statistical fact, I think. If you get a broad count, if you do some polling, I think you're going to see some really high numbers on that. Um Uh, But Americans for Safe Access have helped achieve things on national levels that were 10 years ago laughable uh, and actually happening now. Uh, they, They help patients. They're a patient advocacy group, and they really focus on the medicinal use of cannabis, which is one of the reasons why... I love them so much. I think that the medicinal application of cannabis cannot be lost and they absolutely are able to to take that same sentiment and do true political work with it. This year, we prepared a document and I say we because I'm a member, but really it was like all of them and then I put in some input for like an hour and a half and then they took that shit and made magic. Um, But they created a paper for the WHO that will basically take care of all of the research and work that the WHO would have needed to do in order to recommend the medicinal uses of cannabis and a restructuring of the way that we currently look at the plant internationally so that the WHO could then get on the UN in order to do something about this. And we would also have an international organization that Congress could look towards in order to then feel much more secure about making the moves they are going to need to make in order to reschedule cannabis. They also have introduced with the help of some representatives and senators. uh, Let's see here. Lindsey Graham just signed on to it. It It's officially bipartisan. Uh, It is the Carers Act, as in a caregiver, the carer, C-A-R-E-R Act. And it has a much longer title to it. That is uh, an anagram, uh, I think is the correct word. Um, So... What that would do is reschedule cannabis, open up a lot of opportunity for research. Uh, It would help direct uh, against the CBD only while also encouraging the use of CBD. I believe it's currently in committee in the house and don't quote me on that, even though I know I'm putting that out there into the universe right now for forever and ever. Um, But absolutely look into it. Of course, there will be uh, some links on the website, all kinds of links, links to ASA, links to help you find your representatives so that you can call or email and let them know that you want them to add their support to this uh, to this measure. Uh, luckily, while I was there, part of the Unity Conference is about citizen lobbying efforts. And so As a scholarship attendee, one of my duties is to go to my representatives and try and champion Asa's cause as a citizen lobbyist. And it's so incredible to be able to do that. It really, really is to to actually take part in government. And I don't really get a whole lot of opportunities to go to Washington, D.C. This is pretty much it. I did it in 2014 through ASA, and I've been fortunate enough to do it in 2016 through ASA, and I hope I get to do it in 2017 as well. My personal representative is Julia Brownlee. We met with some of her staff, and uh, I believe it's Sharon Wagner, and I hope I said that last name correctly. And we spoke with Sharon and told her why we felt the representative should support and sign on to the carers act and that was that was always a little tense and passionate and you really want to get your point across and you have so little time to do it these people are so busy and so influential you really want to say the right thing Uh, and i guess we said the right thing because congresswoman brownlee officially signed on and i'm so excited uh, but it's not going to stop me. I still have other representatives that I can write. Of course, I wrote to uh, Congresswoman Brownlee and thanked her for her support. And if your representative has done so, I encourage you to also thank them. It can be really hard to be polite in this game of politics. I know that's why I'm not a very good politician. I just get really, really passionate. And the more involved and vested I am, the more passionate and, and, uh, and not polite I get. All right, you guys, I think it's time for me to go. I've got some emails piling up and some text messages and all kinds of things to do, and I have so many more podcasts coming for you. I wish I could hang out longer, but I'm really glad that we got to do this. So let's, uh, let's safety really quick and uh, let's see because I have so much to do, but I can't let myself get too calm i'm trying to stay away from the super dream and i kind of overdid it with some of the dabs especially that deadhead og uh and because i missed my dab rig just i was gone for five days oh baby um but I'm trying to mellow it out right now with some CBD. And CBD in shatter or live resin, oh my god, I would love to try that, is just a little too hard to come by and too expensive when you do. So I'm smoking some flour out of the bong today. I have some can of tonic mixed in with some sour diesel. Now I know I'm smoking sour diesel and I said that I normally don't like sour diesel. But the sour diesel I don't like is more of an east coast sour diesel and i think i've got some of the west coast sour diesel so i always try it before i make my decision if i can and if i can't i just don't buy it but the cbd really helps even it out too Plus, I need a little bit of that body moving, mind moving, get it going, get her done attitude because I've got a lot more to do today. My poor kitties are yelling at me to get out of the room. They were being assholes, though. They weren't going to let me get any recording done. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for spliffing it with me. If you have any questions, any questions at all, hit me up on Facebook. The Spliff Podcast. You can also friend me. I'm Bo Nellis. That is B as in boy, O, H as in hotel, Nellis, just like the Air Force Base. and as in Nancy, E-L-L-I-S as in Sam. And uh, yeah, we've got the Gmail. You can call me 209-86-Spliff. That's 209-867-7543. I would like to say thank you to Kevin McCloud for putting his music slow burn on the free music archive and allowing me to take it and manipulate it with some bong low noises and play it for you on the top and bottom of this podcast and all my podcasts. It's a groovy jam. Sometimes I listen to other people's podcast music and I'm like, damn, that's good. Damn, that's good. And then I listen to my podcast music and I'm like damn that's good so uh i'm pretty happy with it i like it uh maybe you want to hear more music in the podcast you can let me know that if you have questions or comments you could hit me up for that uh but yeah i'm pretty accessible Uh, at least i try to be so reach out all right you guys thanks for spliffing it ciao for now Oh, gosh. Hey, I almost forgot. One of the bells of the unity ball, as it were, was THCA, which, of course, I'm also excited about because I've been really getting into it, too. There was a lot more presentation on it. And one of the presenters uh, mentioned that in 19th century literature in the pharmacopeia, ground cannabis leaf was mentioned as a cure for hemorrhoids and you know that I was using the Soothing soos as a suppository so I could let you know whether or not there was any psychoactivity from it or any relief and I have to say that as a young mother uh, I had some issues with this and I had noticed for the week or so between Unity 16 and me using the uh, Soothing Sue suppository that I had been blissfully hemorrhoid free. And I thought I would just share that with you because when the researcher said it, I looked at my table mates and I totally gave him the thumbs up and I was like, it totally works. Because it totally works, all right? So, if hemorrhoids are an issue for you, THCA suppository. It could also be really, really beneficial for those who maybe have digestive problems or uh, certain other inflammation in that area, and potentially if there might be cancer in that area. Knowing that THCA can be really good for healing is amazing. Now, that being said, another really interesting point about THCA that I want to mention that was told, and I can't remember the doctor's name right now. I think it was Dr. Sudak, who I'm going to talk about more later on. Um, I I will definitely have a link for it, though. Uh, He mentioned that there is a threshold to the benefits of THCA and that a lower dose really seems to be more beneficial. And when you exceed that dose, you you exceed the therapeutic value and you can actually return to a normal state. And I have to say that a lower dose of THCA for me has been really good. I've tried taking more of the pills that I make. Um, more than a half a teaspoon, up to a teaspoon. And I have to say that I don't find much relief when I use it as an edible at 15 MIGs of THCA. I find much more relief when I keep it in that half a tablespoon, probably 7 mgs of THCA range. So not over-medicating is definitely a trick, and specifically for THCA. I definitely wanted to share that with you now. Thanks for having a fun time salad with me, guys. And if you can, donate to Americans for safe access or donate to me so that I can fundraise for my scholarship next year. But I'll talk more about that at another time. Bye.